All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. This is State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. And guys, unfortunately, we're coming off of a pretty embarrassing um, and frustrating series against Miami. The Braves get absolutely annihilated in game three of the series, 16-2 to today, and they lose all three games, getting swept out of Miami. And man, that that is a weird feeling. You know, the Braves have dominated Miami this season leading into this series, of course. And they've also been really great on the road. And so, you know, you're coming off of the euphoria of winning your division, feeling great about yourself, walking to Miami where you've dominated things, and then you just get totally smacked down. And wow, isn't that baseball in a nutshell? So the Braves get humbled by the Marlins um, this, this weekend. Is this a division championship hangover? Uh, probably so. I mean, when you when you look at it, I mean, the Marlins are a better team this year, and they're probably even a better team now than what the Braves saw uh, in the recent past. You know, they made a couple of additions at the trade deadline, and some of those guys hurt the Braves. I mean, you had Jazz uh, Chisholm hitting two grand slams in this series, uh, and Solaire hit an absolute bomb as he came off the IL in the last game uh, of the series today, but it's kind of strange for Miami to score so much. You know, they score 11 runs in the second game, 16 runs in today's game. And it just leaves you like, wow, that was terrible. And we are not used to, as Braves fans, especially this season, uh, for the Marlins to be doing that to us. So, you know, Sports Psychology 101, uh, it should not really be a shock in many ways that you come off the euphoria and the accomplishment of winning the National League East uh, to come off of that and have this emotional letdown um, and performance letdown uh, and get totally smoked. And look, I mean, yeah, you would like it to not happen. You'd love to come into Miami and the reverse happen and you just dominate. Um, but that didn't happen, of course. And Miami is fighting for their season, right? They have a lot to play for and they definitely played like it. They were clearly emotionally into every one of these games. I'm not sure the Braves 100% were, and I also am not sure that you can totally blame them for that, right? Um, again, coming off of uh, the the euphoria and the accomplishment of winning the National League East, you come into Miami, which is a weird place to play. There, it's always a, like a low-energy ballpark. It's half full. Uh, it, there's weird noise going on the entire game. It makes it actually a kind of annoying game to watch on TV when you just have constant noise. It feels more like a soccer game than a baseball game. And um, and anyways, I don't know if that plays a part. Uh, but remember, in 2022, the Braves had to come into Miami and just win one game to clinch the National League East. And they honestly barely got that done. It was just a very strange environment then. And it, it still feels that way now. Um, of course, also, at least for game one, uh, perhaps it actually was hangover. Like, not just a, not just a championship hangover, but an actual hangover. Um, the Braves, I'm sure, enjoyed celebrating that accomplishment uh, with some alcohol. And, you know, we may have some medical proof now uh, watching these games that alcohol affects the body negatively. 
and uh, it might um, make baseball harder when you are coming off of, of such alcohol consumption as the Braves might have been. That might be in a medical journal somewhere that al alcohol affects the body negatively. Hate to break it to some of you guys, but anyways, uh, that could have played a part. Uh, the reality is we certainly should not panic even though this was maybe the worst three-game series for the Braves all season. No reason to panic. There are some reasons to um, have some slight concern in specific areas for the Braves, and we'll get into that one. But, hey, perhaps this is um, a good thing. You know, this is the optimist in me. But, look, let the Braves get smacked in the face maybe that wakes them up to what they have to do the rest of the season and what they have to do in october uh, get reoriented back to being focused and playing braves baseball the way that we know they are capable of doing the way they've done all season long get back to atlanta go back you know go play the phillies and hopefully they can win that series and, and just get back on the horse and and uh, do things the way we know they're capable of doing the Braves still have plenty to play for. You know, they are still battling for the best record in the national league. Um, really the best record in baseball. They are six games up right now on the Dodgers for that best record in the national league. But now they're only three games up on Baltimore for the best record in baseball. They really need to accomplish that. Um, it is not the end of the world, but it is something that does matter and is important. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of Braves news, and then we'll break down these games a little bit as we start to look forward to the series uh, coming up with the Phillies. All right, well, the, the first bit of Braves news that was a huge downer in Miami is that Ronald Acuna came out of game one with a calf cramp. Um, in the moment, you didn't know exactly why he was coming out, and you start freaking out a little bit. <laughs> and um, it sounds like it's nothing major, that this is something – uh, maybe a little similar to what was happening with Ozzy, where he's feeling more cramping than an actual strain, and they're going to get him out of the game quickly. Hopefully, it's it's not going to require an IL stint like they did with with Ozzy. But they they have said that they're going to reevaluate things uh, before Monday's game in Atlanta versus Philadelphia. So sounds like more likely than not, uh, Ronald's going to be back at least sometime during that Philly series. Hopefully for Game One of the Phillies series. I hate for him to miss too many games, especially with this MVP race uh, at full tilt. But Braves fans, I think we don't, we shouldn't panic. This is the Braves doing their due diligence to make sure Ronald is fully healthy. Of course, that is the most important thing. Um, and they're doing the same thing with Max Freed. If you have not heard this, they're going to push Max Freed back from uh, what would have been his normal start spot against Philadelphia. Um, he has a what they're calling a hot spot on his finger that could turn into a blister. He's had blister issues in the past, so they're just going to give him a few more days for that thing to heal, and uh, that does make sense. Obviously, any kind of blister issue could really affect him as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, some good bit of Braves news is Jesse Chavez has uh, continued to pitch really well in Gwinnett as he is rehabbing and gets closer to returning to the Braves. Um, second straight outing uh, just yesterday uh, was really dominant. He goes one and a third innings, uh, faces four batters, gets them all out, two strikeouts out of those four batters. Uh, 
And in his first outing, he had struck out the side. So he's looked really good early on. Now, while performance is obviously important, I'm sure what the Braves are looking for here is how is he bouncing back from one outing to the to the next. So it's probably fair to say that this second outing was even more important than the first. Uh, does this mean he's going to be recalled to the Braves immediately? I don't know, but I also wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Um, we got some weird comments from Snicker just a day or two ago saying that um, Chavez wasn't like, don't necessarily count on him being a part of the Braves postseason plans. I just, I just don't believe that at all. I don't know what Snicker was trying to do with that comment, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, of course, Chavez is looking great here at AAA, but he's also been such a big part of the Braves bullpen, especially this year before getting hurt. So I would imagine they would want to exhaust every option to, to look at him and evaluate him to see if he could be a big part of the postseason push. Um, all right, one last bit of Braves news. Hurston Waldrop, you guys know I mentioned him a couple times. He is the Braves' number two prospect. He was their uh, first pick in the 2023 draft just this year out of Florida. Uh, he made his third start for double-A. Remember, he got pushed up to double-A after really dominating single-A um, in his first few starts of his uh, of his um, Braves career. So he went four innings pitch, one earned run, and four hits in his latest outing at double-A. This is probably his last outing of the year because the double-A season is about to come to a close. Um, shaky command, uh, he, you know, uh, first inning he had, I think like 11 balls and 18 strikes, something like that. But, you know, clearly dominant stuff out there when he is getting the ball over the plate, uh, he gets tons of swing, swing and miss, uh, tons of strikeouts. And that's really what's going to unlock him to become a big league pitcher and probably a really, really good one. So, uh, we can be really encouraged by Waldrop. Um, A.J. smith Shaver has continued to pitch really well at AAA as well. So I think those two guys, uh, your one and two prospects for the Braves, uh, we can be really excited about those guys. And it's entirely possible that we could see those guys make some really big um, contributions to the Braves in the, in the coming years. All right, so now let's, let's go back to the Miami series. I want to talk a little bit about what I left off last episode talking about, and that is, how is Snicker going to play this thing now that the Braves have clinched the National League East? Is he going to rest a bunch of guys uh, early on and then kind of build back up towards the post uh, towards the postseason as it gets closer? Is he going to rest maybe one guy a day and just get some, you know, get them off their feet, or is he not going to do much of anything? And and um, he kind of surprised me in this Miami series that guys really didn't get rest. I mean, you you saw the main guys out there every game. And of course, Acuna going down meant that Pilar was playing the last two games. But other than that, everything was pretty straight up. And so, you know, this is a little surprising to me because I think Snicker tends to be more old school in his approach. Uh, but I, I actually agreed with this approach. I really did. Even though the results were not good at all in Miami, I like the fact that each guy, obviously, unless there's some kind of injury going on where he needs to sit, it makes sense to me for the guys to be out there playing and getting those reps and staying really fresh and um, and loose. And, um, you know, baseball is a game of repetition and you don't want to get um, to get cold out there. So 
So, you know, it's I, I expected Snicker to go with the the one sub per game. You know, maybe, maybe we would see Nicky Lopez kind of go around the infield and give guys days off or that sort of thing. But uh, as of right now, that has not happened yet. Maybe what Snicker will do is once the Braves go to Washington, you know, they play Washington seven times in the last 10 games of the season. So maybe that uh, Washington series at Washington, we would see more um, more substitutions and subs getting in the game. We did see a lot of subs late in the game today because it was such a blowout and a laugher, but uh, still something uh, worthwhile to watch uh, as we go forward. So again, Ronald, you know, coming out of, the, of game one with the calf cramp really stinks. Um, it does make his 40-70 push harder. Um, you know, three three home runs away from from 40 home runs, four stolen bases away from 70 stolen bases. Uh, but we obviously need him to be healthy. Um, and man, can we hate Miami's turf field yet? I mean, should Ronald ever play in Miami again? <laughs> you know, the ACL tear is one thing, and then and then I mean, clearly there's there's something to uh, the harder turf field being harder on. Uh, someone like Ronald, I say someone like Ronald, someone so explosive, you know, that maybe it has a greater impact on him compared to other people. Remember, Ronald in game one, earlier in that game, he scored from first on what was basically a single uh, from Ozzy. He was, you know, he took off um, to steal second on the play and then just kept going and, and incredibly, very incredibly scored uh, on that one. So, you know, you just constantly see Ronald's explosion in the game but maybe sometimes he's a little too explosive right and, and that hard turf just uh, takes it out of his legs but man i am not a fan of whatever they're doing with that turf in miami uh, in game three you guys also might have seen that uh, eddie rosario got hit by a pitch directly to the elbow um, and he eventually came out of the game he didn't come out of the game immediately but uh, right before his uh, next at bat he does come out of the game, and I've yet to hear an update on him. We might not hear about that until tomorrow, but, I mean, that has to hurt too. And, again, you just when it happens, you're worried that you're about to lose one of your regulars. And, of course, that's the argument, right? You're going to play your regulars in games that matter a little less. Uh, they do matter still, right, as the Braves are going for this best record, but maybe matter a little less. Um, but that's baseball, and, and you can't. Uh, you know, live in fear of, of that sort of thing happening. You can mitigate your risk as much as possible. But I know these guys wanted to be out there. Now, if Ronald had not been hurt, Rosario probably wouldn't have played today because uh, he was playing versus a lefty, which doesn't happen very often. But but that's those are the dominoes that kind of happen when you have an injury. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems like nothing good seems to happen when we go to Miami Injuries and low-energy baseball. That is just what Miami seems to be all about. Injuries and low-energy baseball. All right. So, you know, when we look at this Miami series, I'm not going to go uh, game to game like I typically do with you guys. Um, in some ways, it just would be a little depressing. <laughs> but um, I do want to just think about the main problem, like what really went down in Miami? What was the main issue? And I actually think it stems back to the Philly series even though the Braves won three out of four in Philly, it's really back to the pitching and specifically the bullpen. 
So over the last seven games, so this includes, of course, the Philly series and Miami series, uh, the bullpen has given up 21 runs in its last 24 innings pitched. And uh, if you remove one or two relievers from that, it's actually even worse. Uh, so this is clearly um, a problem. Uh, it is, you know, something that is rearing its ugly head. And, we, and the bullpen has had uh, stretches like this throughout the season where they'll be really good and then really bad for about a week. Um, and it's hard to know exactly why that is. But, oh, and I wanted to mention, so what I'm giving you, 21 runs in its last 24 innings, I am not counting today's game in that. And, of course, the Braves allowed 16 runs today. So that's not even including that. And the reason I'm not including today's game is you got uh, eight runs given up by Derek Rodriguez, who's just a triple-A call-up, and he's not going to factor in to the Braves' you know, postseason roster at all. So we don't really have to worry about Derek Rodriguez. And then you got... Nicky Lopez coming in there, uh, position player finishing up and giving up some runs too. So I'm not counting Derek Rodriguez or Nicky Lopez. Um, but, okay, so anyways, 21 runs in 24 innings pitched. You have some good moments from a few guys, right? Like they'll have one good outing, two good outings, and then that third outing of the week, they got blown up. Um, so very few of the bullpen guys have been consistently good over this entire, you know, seven, eight-game stretch, other than maybe A.J. Minter. Um, and, you know, that's that's worrisome. It is it is a problem, and everyone you ask, they, they might not be, like, super, super worried about the bullpen, but they're probably going to mention the bullpen is the softest spot for the Braves, whereas they're kind of dominant or really, really good or dominant in pretty much every other facet. You know, this is why I think – Jesse Chavez should, you know, the Braves should look at him and give him every shot to come up and show what he can do. Nick Anderson is a longer shot. He has not started any kind of rehab yet, but apparently he is throwing to live batters um, back at the Braves facility. So <clears throat> remember, Nick Anderson was tremendously good in the first half of the year before he went down. But Chavez, I mean, yeah, why would we not look at Chavez and see if we can't bolster the bullpen, even if you kind of assume Chavez is more of a you know, middle innings guy rather than a late inning guy. So the main thing that I see with the bullpen going into October is that Snicker needs to identify who are my five best relievers who I can absolutely count on uh, rolling into October. Right. I mean, I th again, I think back to 2021, you had the night shift. You had four guys who were pretty much just locked down. And when the games really matter, and it's really on the line. You do shrink your bullpen to about four or five guys. And, you know, the fact is right now, I don't think the Braves can do that with a ton of confidence. So I kind of tried to identify who are the top five guys in the Braves bullpen right now. And it's really hard to do. OK, so your top two are pretty obvious. Iglesias, even though he's been shaking his last two save appearances, he's been really good this year overall. Okay, he was reliever of the month for, for August. Okay, he's been solid uh, otherwise. A.J. Minter has been, after a really tough first couple months and a lot of bad luck, he's been really, really good this year. Basically, from the start of June on, he's been a great reliever. Um, so I feel good about those two, right? Pierce Johnson, to me, would be number three. 
He's been very, very good. Um, I would say almost always great, actually, out of the Braves bullpen since they've got him from Colorado. Um, and then now I start getting iffy. Okay, Kirby Yates maybe four, which makes me kind of scared because as unhittable as he can be at times, he can also allow a ton of walks. Um, you know, he can walk the ballpark if he doesn't have his good stuff. Uh, Michael Tonkin, again, he's had some great moments and has been a wonderful surprise for the Braves out of the bullpen, but he's been shaky, maybe taking a step backwards in the last um, few weeks. Brad Hand, you know, he had a couple great outings in Philadelphia, but then he gets totally rocked in his most recent outing in, um, in Miami. I mean, he would be your second lefty out of the bullpen right now. So he's going to be used in the playoffs, but I'm not totally sure how confident I am of him. So again, you're talking Iglesias, Mentor, Pierce Johnson, and then I don't know who after that, right? So really you only have three, and, and again, you want four or five. And that's where I think Jesse Chavez still is a really important piece, uh, an important question to answer. Does he, ha does he have enough time to come back and prove that he is back and fully um, raring to go for the postseason. <clears throat> now, one uh, silver lining to these last, um, you know, seven games, these last two series that the Braves have played out of the bullpen has been Jackson Stevens. You know, Stevens comes up. Uh, he's been injured and in AAA all season. He, he played a big role in the Braves uh, bullpen last year. And in his first two outings, he has been incredibly impressive and has saved the bullpen a lot. He's gone six and two-thirds innings, one earned run, and nine strikeouts. And it's been mop-up duty for him both times. But again, coming in and saving bullpen innings. And, um, you know, he can he can be hit and miss depending on when he comes in. At least that's what he was like last year. But he can really give you some some innings. And I do wonder if he might be a wild card out of the bullpen. I don't think he's... He's ever going to be a high leverage guy, but it is interesting to me. And I do feel really good for him because uh, apparently he's a great clubhouse guy. Did a lot for the Braves last year. So it's it's good that he's been able to get back to the big league club this year and do some, some positive things for them. And I'm sure he feels really good about what he's doing right now. One last silver lining from getting annihilated today, 16 to two, um, is that the bullpen was able to totally rest, right? Snicker just uses uh, Derek Rodriguez and Nicky Lopez to cover these innings. So going into the, the Philly series, your bullpen should be totally rested and ready to go and hopefully just pitching at a higher, um, higher quality. So we'll see about that, of course. Now, two good things did happen in this Miami series that I, I want to mention and not just focus on the bad. And that's two Braves records fell during this series. The first one was Ozzie Albies hits his 30th home run of the season. And now the Braves have five players uh, with 30 plus home, home runs. And that's the first time that's ever happened for the Braves. So really cool stuff. Ozzie Albies, of course, he was sitting on 28 home runs for a long time, got injured. You know, he's out for about 10 games and it's taken him a little time, I think, to fully get back to it. But he's uh, he had actually a pretty good offensive series against Miami. So hopefully Ozzie is fully back uh, offensively. You know, he can get into these really good swings where he's 
um, hitting really well and, and just gets hot. So hopefully that is something that's happening right now for him. But but Ozzy, this is a great bounce back season. Let's not forget he missed most of 2022 with injuries. You know, 2022 was just very much a lost season for him. And so it just feels great for him to have this kind of bounce back season. Uh, of course, all-star season, uh, hitting 30 home runs. He's on the doorstep of uh, being at 100 RBIs uh, once again. And um, look, <laughs> he was totally forgotten across baseball and not by Braves fans, but by, you know, across baseball. I mean, he was disrespected by MLB Network. You might remember this or have seen this go around social media, but I remember watching MLB Network's, um, their episode they had where they were ranking um, each player, you know, top 10 of each position. And they get to second baseman, and uh, Ozzy Albies doesn't even make the top 10 second baseman in the league, according to MLB Network, uh, before the season began. And I was just, like, beside myself. Like, can are you kidding me? So I wanted to share with you guys, if you have not seen this, this was the list for MLB Network's uh, top 10 second baseman. Number one, Jose Altuve. Okay, I'll give you that one. Number two, Jeff McNeil. Number three, Andres Jimenez from Cleveland. Number four, Marcus Simeon. Five was Brandon Lau. Six, Jorge Polanco. Seven, Brendan Donovan. Eight, Cattell Marte. Okay, he's good. Nine, Colton Wong. Um, I think he got released <laughs> and got by Seattle and got picked up by the Dodgers not too long ago. Glaber Torres was number 10 uh, for the Yankees. So, Ozzy Albies. Nowhere to be found. And, you know, I wanted to pull up the current um, rankings for second baseman. And uh, Lu Luis Arise also wasn't on that list because he was primarily a first baseman last year, but he's played mostly second this year. So, anyways, the the top three in OPS this season at second base. And so OPS is, I think, a, a pretty solid number to go off of. Top three in OPS, Luis Arise is at 864. Cattell Marte is at 829, and then there you have Ozzy Albies at 817. Now, Albies is probably more like fifth or sixth in war. I think they're not loving Ozzy in terms of his defense. I, I guess that's the main reason. You know, he also doesn't have a great on-base percentage. That kind of dings him at times, and you can make those arguments. But, you know, third in the league in OPS, he's tops in all of baseball for second baseman in home runs. Uh, and he's tops in all baseball in RBIs. So Ozzy Albies is, I think, at worst, maybe a top four or top five second baseman in the league. And that's really at worst. I mean, I would probably go Jose Altuve, maybe um, Arise two, even though he's not a great uh, defensive second baseman either. And then you can make an argument between Marcus Simeon and, uh, and Ozzy for number three. But... It really, I don't know what they were thinking about at MLB Network at the beginning of the season, other than Ozzy was just injured and kind of off the radar. And it's like people forgot for one season, people forgot how good he was. So it's great for him to be fully healthy, raring to go for the postseason. And I hope Ozzy is able to really do some great things in the postseason for the Braves. All right. And then again, you know, you have Matt Olson. Matt Olson was the other, um, Big bit of news that the Braves had in this Miami series as he breaks Andrew Jones's franchise home run record. Matt Olson hits number 52. And look, anybody who hits 52 home runs in a season 
it's an all-time great season and a tremendous uh, accomplishment, a tremendous achievement. And Matt should be really proud of himself for what he's done this season. It does make me think, you know, is this who Matt Olson can be long-term? Is he a, you know, 45 home run, 50 home run hitter um, every year? I think that might be a little much. I mean, to expect 50 home runs a year might be, a little much, but 40 to 45 every year. Actually, I think that's likely. I think he's proven to be in this kind of lineup in Atlanta where he's clearly very, uh, very comfortable now. I think Olsen, if he stays healthy, is going to be a perennial 40 to 45 home run guy for the Braves, uh, probably throughout the entirety of his contract. And man, that is really exciting when you think about it. Um, you know, this is the first year he's ever hit 40. Um, but the reason why I think he's going to hit 40 plus from here on out is, you know, last year he only hit about 35 home runs, but remember what was going on, you know, guy who's, he changes teams, uh, and he has the pressure of replacing Freddie Freeman and, and all that stuff that's going on. And, uh, he also changed his, his stance a little bit this season, you know, so it's not just all mental. I mean, there's some physical things he's done to get better and better as well. Uh, but you know, he had all that going on last year and in his seasons before in Oakland, right? He's playing with less protection behind him. It's a terrible home run park. And so I think there are multiple, uh, multiple things going against Olsen in his career to get to 40 home runs. And now it's like this season, everything has just fallen into place in some really special ways. And Matt Olson could be, you know, the best, most consistent home run hitter in baseball for the next decade. And that is an awesome thing to think about uh, as a Braves fan. All right, guys. Well, let's preview the Philly series really quickly. So the Phillies are playing really well. They're coming off of a sweep of the Cardinals. Now, you know, the Cardinals are the Cardinals, but they played the Braves really well a couple weeks ago. So the Phillies clearly have a ton to play for. We know that they don't back down to the Braves, and here we are in Atlanta now. And, uh, you know, they're going to be playing hard, uh, clearly. So game one is Zach Wheeler versus Kyle Wright. So this is going to be a really interesting one for the Braves, as I think this one is going to be the better um, – better game to judge where Wright is in his rehab and is he going to be able to contribute to the Braves uh, playoff run. Uh, he really needs to be able to slow down and he mentioned this in his first start that he, he would just sped himself up and was just too amped up for that start. So can Kyle Wright slow down and be a little more pinpoint with his command? I think it's helpful that he's pitching at home, probably just a little more comfort to be able to do that sort of thing. Uh, and maybe he can get to 75 to 80 pitches, right? Start ramping up that pinch count. And <clears throat> look, if he can give you five plus innings, two runs or fewer, and get to 75 to 80 pitches, you're feeling really good about Kyle Wright. And, um, you know, maybe that third start, he should be able to get four starts in, I think, before uh, the postseason shows up. So every start is going to be important for him. And so this one is very intriguing to me. Now, remember, Wheeler gave up six runs against the Braves in his last outing. So um, he he typically does not do that. So uh, it will be interesting to see if the Braves can uh, can get at him again. Game two is going to be Sanchez, that left-hander who, who pitched pretty well against the Braves in the last series against Strider. Strider, of course, pitched really good against the Phillies. So looking for 
um, continued good things for, for Strider. He, I think he still does have an outside shot at the Cy Young. So uh, if he can, let's say he shuts down the Phillies for seven innings, okay, you know, that's a statement, uh, statement start, and it can uh, get him maybe a little closer to that. But, of course, with the Braves dropping three, um, and maybe not having the best pitching matchup for game one. I think Strider going here is important, and hopefully the Braves can get at least one of these first two games, if not both of them. Uh, but yeah, seeing if Sanchez uh, can um, can have success against a great Braves lineup for a second straight time, uh, I kind of doubt it. I think the Braves will probably have a better feel for him and what they need to do to have some success against him. All right, and then game three, Aaron Nola is going to pitch against Bryce Elder. Neither of these guys pitched in the last Philly Braves series. So uh, both teams are going to get a last look at these two pitchers before uh, they get close to the postseason. Remember that Aaron Nola is not quite the pitcher he's been in the past. He has a 4.62 ERA, and he has not pitched very well at all as of late. Uh, he has not made it through five innings in his last three starts. And um, he is, let's see, in those last three starts, 13 and two-thirds innings, 14 earned runs, and 22 hits allowed. So it has not been a good run for Nola. I'm sure he's looking to figure things out, and hopefully he has not figured things out and the Braves can take advantage of that. And obviously it would also be really good for uh, for Elder to have a good start against Philly. Um, it's not a guarantee that the Braves would need a fourth starter uh, in an LDS matchup against if it's Philly or whoever else, but if Elder's pitching well going into the playoffs, that gives you a little more confidence that they can go to him in a playoff start if need be. So guys, you know, as far as the Braves go, each game that they can take from the Phillies is going to make things harder for the Phillies playoff odds. Uh, you know, Phillies playing well, they're very likely to get going to get into the postseason at this point. But even if you could, you know, drop them, help to drop them to a five seed instead of the four seed where they sit now. They would have to play two road games. Um, and I just would rather Philly get knocked out in that first round. So make it as hard on them as possible. And hopefully the Braves can take two or three games here and really make things hard on the Phillies. But ultimately what the Braves need to do, they need to bounce back on the mound. Um, the starters and clearly the bullpen needs to pitch better. Uh, they need to get their footing back. They need to get their swagger back uh, after this rough series in Miami. And they need to get Ronald Acuna back more than anything. So hopefully we'll see him and see him healthy and dynamic uh, in this uh, series coming up against the Phillies. And ultimately, Braves just want to get back to winning baseball games and get that best record in baseball. So hopefully we'll see that, Braves fans. Um, I am looking forward to getting this bad taste out of our mouths after three really bad games in Miami, and hopefully we will do that. All right, guys. Well, it was great to be with you, to talk to you, to talk Braves baseball, and I'll do it again soon.